the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hey guys, it's Morgan Zeggers. Welcome back to the show. We are going to continue the same topic from last episode. If you haven't listened to that episode yet, I kind of recommend you do that before because we're extending the conversation around the Trump versus DeSantis thing that's going on. And what we're doing is we're acknowledging the very important concept that multiple things can be true at the same time. We're bringing nuance to the situation. I know, very, very... Very, very rare in politics these days. And then based on, because this is kind of a longer topic, based on what we get through in today's episode, we'll also try and fit in some other topics later, uh, including stuff about the Arizona elections, Governor Greg Abbott, and some trans stuff, of course, because you gotta. (laughs) All right, let's get into it. Right, before we get into that first topic, if you guys want to know what the left's real plan is for your kids, just look at the reaction to the work Patriot Mobile did in multiple school districts in Texas. The left is losing their minds. Patriot Mobile is America's only Christian conservative mobile phone provider and a force for conservative values. That's because they take a portion of your bill and fund conservative causes and candidates who believe in the sanctity of life, freedom of speech, the Second Amendment, and they are winning. Patriot Mobile has affordable plans for you, your family, even your business. They offer the same nationwide coverage as the major carriers because they use multiple major networks. Plus, you're supporting conservative values with every call. Go to patriotmobile.com slash Morgan or go to 972-PATRIOT and use my name as the code for free activation. That's Morgan. Special discounts are also available for veterans and first responders. Join our movement. Make the switch today and a difference tomorrow. That's patriotmobile.com slash Morgan. PatriotMobile.com slash Morgan or call 972-PATRIOT and use my name. Thanks, guys. Okay, let's get into it. Also, okay, before we actually talk, I just need to preface this with I'm sorry if I sound kind of sick. I am super duper sick, but the show must go on. <laughs> we gotta save the republic, you know what I'm saying? Um, we're just gonna record it and I'm just gonna pause for the cause and take some sips. I will say I am a highly against medicine for the most part. And I don't just pop some pills whenever I have a little cold. I'm very against that. And so somebody just suggested that I make this beverage that I might be wrong on this, but apparently it's called a hottie toddy, or maybe I'm getting it confused with something else. But basically they said hot water, lemon juice, lemon slices, a little dash of whiskey or bourbon, some pepper, and some raw honey. So that's what I made, and it's delish. Let's just say that. Okay, so... Again, we discussed this in the last episode, and then I looked at the clock and said, oh, we are almost at 40 minutes. I better just stop while we're ahead, and then we'll begin the discussion again in the next episode. So happy Wednesday, you guys. What a week. Oh, my gosh. And then right as I started to film this, I saw that potentially people just died in Poland because of the Russian side, and that means that we might be in a serious pickle. But you know what? I was just about to hit the record button and there's no update yet. So we're not even going to talk about that until next episode. Keep an eye on that one though. To recap what we went over in the last episode, let's just acknowledge the core points that were made last time, right? So Trump did great. People were hesitant. He then performed as president and that was great. People wanted him to run again. They were excited about Trump 2020. Some crazy stuff happened and then he disappeared. And As he disappeared, a hole was created, 
and a narrative was built against him, against his entire movement, his entire side. And in addition to the narrative that was built by the radical left against Trump and against his people, we also saw the gap that was created by his absence filled in with excitement for other Republican or conservative leaders. And so, yeah, that happened. And if you guys disagree with that, that's totally fine. But I personally, in the last episode I discussed this, I personally believe that something was a little off with how Trump just kind of left. And I think there could have been a major benefit to him sticking around through the last two years and being a more prominent voice as we all faced some really crazy stuff. Um, But I personally just think maybe the strategy was off there. Again, I'm not a political consultant. I'm just giving my normal Morgan average American lady kind of perspective there. If I liked doing campaign politics, I would be in campaign politics in America. But of course, I'm just sitting here talking to you guys because I prefer this. He All right, number two, the other thing we need to address is that, yes, DeSantis led and inspired us over the last few years at a state and national level, and people got excited by it. They got inspired by it because we saw federal tyranny, and then we saw Ron DeSantis standing up. He's one of the only politicians in a long time that we've seen go on offense, and so people were naturally excited, and now they're like, you know what? This is great for our movement, whether he runs in 2024 or 2028, and Trump never said, hey, I'm going to run again. He kept teasing it. He keeps teasing it, and so like, yeah, people started to speculate, well, if Trump's not going to run again, then we would love DeSantis, and taking Trump out of the equation, DeSantis DeSantis, as a guy, has been a great leader. He's gotten great results from cultural to economic to financial things. And people are like, dang, we're really excited for him to lead both in Florida because he's having national influence as a state governor, but also running at a federal level maybe one day. So that's a natural excitement. And both things are true at the same time with Trump's success and people excited about him running again, but also the absence that was created. And then also the rise of Ron DeSantis as his own leader. So Some people, now that we move on from those two, we have to address the third thing. Some people don't want Trump to come back. Others are kind of in between and they're hesitant because he doesn't really seem the same. I I can't really put my finger on it either. And I know a lot of people struggle to do the same, but something just seems off. So, and I think that that was also created by the the lack of presence that he's had. And it kind of threw people off in terms of the momentum of his movement. So that happened. And then you also have the third group of people, the others that, of course, want him to come back. So you're seeing a clash now of these groups as we're getting closer and closer to discussing who should be running for president in 2024. And we're getting closer to that election, especially now that the midterms are over. So fourth thing of this, the media loves that this is happening. They, of course, want to see conservatives divided, and that's exactly what they're getting now. So what are my thoughts on all of this? Uh, I think the first thing is that it's pretty normal, and it, or at least it should be normal as a conservative to say that, yeah, the negativity from Trump towards someone like DeSantis that we've all really grown fond of over the last few years, it, it threw us off quite a bit, Okay. It's not like he's attacking the Bush dynasty that we've all gotten, you know, pretty frustrated with over time or the Romney dynasty where we can be like, yeah, rhinos, establishment people that didn't have our best interest at hand. He's not really attacking those guys or the guys that we've all similarly grown frustrated with as conservative grassroots people in this country. Instead, he went after recently Ron DeSantis, somebody that we've all found a lot of inspiration in during a very hard time for our country. So it should be very basic and normal to be able to say that like, yeah, we, we've we really loved Trump and his results and we respect him a lot for many reasons. We've appreciated what he's done. 
But yes, we also support DeSantis, and it felt uncomfortable and weird in a bad way to see what Trump has been doing regarding attacking Ron DeSantis. That should be a very simple thing to be able to say. Unfortunately, you get like your head cut off for that now, but I'll just say it. So I think this sprouts from the fact that we are in a very low spot as a nation. And by that, I mean just things that we never really saw coming in our country, things that are rooted in force versus choice, like the vaccine mandate, for example, or the sexualization of our children in the classroom and the complete rejection of decentralized power, of the balances of power, the checks of power, all in exchange for this tyrannical, top-down, forceful government that we're seeing with the Biden administration. And so that is, it's had a hard impact on a lot of people who love this country, who love history, who want to see this country keep going, and they don't care about the nasty consultant DC politics that is on social media all the time, that makes people a lot of money, all that stuff. They are genuinely concerned for the future of the country. They are wildly frustrated with politics as usual. And they, during such a dark time, looked up and found very few people actually fighting for them or showing an example of what it looks like to fight back. And they saw that in Ron DeSantis and a few other people. Like Carrie Lake is like fantastic. I love her. So it's weird to know that there's only a few people out there that really have been doing that for the American people, and then to see them attacked, it definitely kind of throws things off. It's like, wait, what the heck is happening? If you can't acknowledge that as a political consultant or as somebody who is a commentator in media, then you're really off base, I think, and you need to kind of reevaluate. Maybe you're getting too caught up in politics as usual. You're getting too caught up in the political industry where you just make a bunch of money, and it's really more so focused on serving yourself and your position in the future and all that stuff. If you're not seeing that trend and and understanding that it's totally normal for people to be really thrown off by what's been happening between these two people, then yeah, maybe take a step back and see the bigger picture here because people are genuinely concerned for the future of this country and their children and their children's children and the future generations wondering what the heck is it going to look like for them. An actual concern. It's not fake. It's not this fear mongering. It's not clickbait or anything like that. So kind of getting away from that grassroots evaluation of it, of how, you know, average people like me and you, we were kind of thrown off by it. There's also this rise of one here, one there, another there, another over there of, of, for multiple reasons, reactions from different people who are higher up in the movement, right? So like above you and me and like we're the people at the bottom and stuff, you have these people that are prominent conservative voices or prominent party members or prominent, you know, show hosts and stuff like that, that were very much pro-Trump 2016 or pro-Trump 2020 commentators, etc. They are kind of turning on him too, or at least they're opening the conversation up to discussing what the heck is going on with a potential Trump run in 2024. So that I think it's complicated because you don't want to bring down our candidates, right? But at the same time, how do we have honest conversations and get our strongest presence into 2024 without having these hard conversations? So it's difficult, but at the same time as we're dealing with this as a movement and trying to 
you know, do we talk about it publicly? Do we have these conversations? You're also seeing the mainstream media and the people on the left that are just loving the fact that this division is really growing on our side. So right off the bat, I'm going to encourage you guys to not participate in the memes and in the really divisive rhetoric and in all that kind of stuff. Because at the end of the day, if you're serious about actually showing concern for the future of the Republic, and if you're concerned about the direction that our country's heading in, then you need to evaluate what is effective political communication, both for our movement and for our country, and what is absolute nonsense that maybe just serves yourself. Okay? So I, maybe I seem a little mean right now. I'm really sorry about that. But it, it is very frustrating to see. And when we're thinking about who is watching us communicate online, when we're thinking about who's watching us communicate in person, uh, my friend Lily Kate has a really good breakdown of this where she's like, you're not trying to argue with someone online. You're, you're trying to influence all the people that are watching you debate online. Think of all the people that are viewing your conversation in the comments. Think of all the people that are scrolling by it and witnessing you maybe argue with somebody else. They are the third viewer, I believe is what she calls them. And you're trying to influence their mind because you're probably not going to change the mind of the person that you're arguing with in the comment section or debating online, whatever it ends up being. But if you are a toxic communicator, then you are just going to freak people out and turn them away from you. And so as we get into this, what is looking to be quite a hostile conversation online in our own movement, I just encourage you to really be somebody that emulates a core purpose that is bigger than these small issues in our movement that are really self-centered and instead keeping the big picture in mind, the future of the Republic, a serious, serious tone. So moving on from that, we should address the one thing that's really been going viral from these conversations that are starting to be had online. We have a, a section from Candace Owens' show with The Daily Wire where she discusses her frustration with Trump. And in no way is she ditching Trump not at all. But she brings up the fact that she really cares about certain things. One of those things is vaccine mandates and the strange connection between these companies and our government and our politicians, stuff that we are all very concerned about, right? Now, Candace is a young mother. I'm not, but like I feel like a mama bear about a lot of this kind of stuff with the FDA and the things that they approve to go into our children's bodies. I'm very passionate about it. And so I was very passionate about the vaccine and I still am. And I'm highly against vaccine mandates. So Candace, as this Trump versus DeSantis stuff was starting to rise over the last couple of weeks post midterm elections, Candace breaks down a discussion that she had with Trump in a previous interview. If you guys don't remember this, I'll play you the clip right now. But Candace gave Trump a very fair interview, and this is what he ended up saying. Now, keep in mind, this was about a year ago, maybe in 2021. We see the corruption, right? It doesn't seem like anybody ever pays for the corruption. Yeah. And right now we're seeing corruption live, even in terms of big pharma, which is a huge topic on the minds of, of mothers, especially you're seeing what's happening at these school board meetings. Where do you stand on these vaccine mandates? And obviously I know that you are you are pro-vaccine, obviously you did everything you could to get this vaccine out. I know where you stand on the vaccine. It was one of the greatest achievements. We did it 100%. in less than nine months. And to be able to do that. Yeah, but where, but now it's years. taken a twist, right? It's, it's gotten, now we went from, this is a good thing and people should have this option. Mm -hmm to military men, you're going to have to resign yeah. because you're, you're not getting this vaccine. Where do you stand yeah. on that? Well, I stand on, forget about the mandates that people have to have their freedom. But at yeah. the same time, the vaccine is one of the greatest achievements of mankind. We would have had a 1917, remember the Spanish flu, killed perhaps 100 million people. Actually, it ended the First World War because the soldiers were so. A lot of people don't know that. The soldiers got so sick. It was a terrible thing. There were no vaccines. There were no anything. I came up 
with a vaccine, with three vaccines, mm. all are very, very good. Came up with three of them in less than nine months. It was supposed to take five to 12 years. And, and yet we more saved- people have died under COVID this year, by the way, yeah. under Joe Biden than under you. And more people took the vaccine this year. So people are questioning how well, no, the vaccine worked. But yeah. some people aren't taking the ones the ones that get very sick and go to the hospital are the ones that don't take their vaccine. But it's still their choice. And if you take the vaccine, you're protected. Look, the results of the vaccine are very good. And if you do get it, it's a very minor form. People aren't dying when they take the vaccine. What about the masking of children? So what you just heard there, you know, Trump's talking points. As time passed, it turns out that they they are false. They're wrong. Okay. So again, at the time, we didn't know a lot of this information, but it was really, really interesting to see him so confident to say things that we really had no idea about at the time. And now with just a little bit of time added to that, we're able to see that they they were not accurate. They were not correct. So some other things that caught my attention in this are the fact that he he said the vaccine is one of the greatest achievements of mankind, that they saved millions of lives when in reality we're, we're kind of learning the realities of that. I'm curious to see now that a, a lot of time has passed from this interview, what his view on all of this is now, and he's going to have to address it if he runs for president. So that will be an interesting conversation that a lot of the conservative movement has to focus on of like, what is our phrasing moving forward if we have a president that says certain things about the vaccine while a lot of us are actually very against it? That's one thing that caught my attention. And then the next is he says the ones who got vaccinated aren't dying and that you're you're safe if you get the vaccine. Again, that is proven to be wrong. There's information out there showing that people actually are dying more often with the vaccine now. And let's just say nobody who didn't get the vaccine is really regretting not having gotten it. But there's a lot of people that regret having gotten the vaccine. And then, of course, the thing that really freaked me out is he then starts trying to justify the military mandate for the vaccine, trying to reference historical context to it. And to me, that's just absolutely absurd, especially, and again, with time having passed, I wonder if he would still say something like that now that we've seen the impact and the damage caused by the vaccine mandate in the military and with every other industry that we've seen it in. So, that's all happening. But let's now break down what Candace said recently. So the, again, this interview that I just show, shared with you guys is from 2021 after Trump left office. This video now that I'm showing you came out a handful of days ago on Candace's show with The Daily Wire, where she kind of breaks it down and she expresses her frustrations with a few things. And I'm not sharing this because like I'm like on Candace's side or Trump's side, whatever. I just think, you know, I really do believe primaries are really important, and I believe that we've got a lot of messes in the conservative movement, and if we put more attention into having these harder conversations with nuance and with honesty, and like, I hope I don't seem like I'm being all feisty or mean or aggressive or anything right now. I hope that you can see where I'm coming from on this of like, I really just hope we can have this kind of conversation and see where it brings us. That's why I'm showing you this. I I was really just interested in the fact that like, wow, this is quite strange happening right now. So I'll play you the Candace clip in just a second. But first, you have all helped build MyPillow into the incredible company it is today. Now, Mike Lindell, inventor and CEO of MyPillow, wants to give back to my listeners. Right now, MyPillow is offering exclusive offers on their bedsheets, their six-piece towel set, and even offering an extended 60-day money-back guarantee. Orders placed now through December 25th will have an extended money-back guarantee through March 1st. So Christmas through March 1st. How exciting. The Giza bedsheets are marked down as low as $29.98. And believe me when I say you will get a great night's sleep in these. I slept great last night. It's probably because I'm sick, but I also had very comfy sheets. 
Their six-piece towel set is made with USA cotton, comes with two bath towels, two hand towels, two washcloths, typically retailing at $89.98, now just $39.98 with promo code MORGAN. Wow. I, guys, I'm so sick right now. It's not even funny. I'm so taking a bath right after this. Just talking about towels like has me excited for a hot bath. I'm going to cry. I'm so excited. <laughs> okay. I'm going to use my MyPillow towels in like 30 minutes. There's limited supplies, so be sure to order now. Call 1-800-738-8374. Use promo code MORGAN or go to MyPillow.com. Click the radio listener square and use promo code MORGAN. It's a struggle today, <laughs> but thank, thank God for MyPillow. Okay, so before I hit the play button on the clip, I just need to provide some context for this. So that Trump and Candace interview happened where he kind of promotes the vaccine. He says it's the greatest achievement uh, in mankind's history or whatever he said. And Candace then went on after because there was a lot of backlash to it. And she kind of tried to defend Trump by saying that Trump's generation really did learn to trust the experts. And a lot of older Americans, you know, it's not like they had their iPhones in their hand where they could research everything and do their own research all the time. So she tries to come up with this really like interesting. I wouldn't really say that it was the best defense, but she tries to like have Trump's back and explain some context for maybe why he's like, well, we worked really hard on Operation Warp Speed with all the companies. We brought everybody together. We brought Fauci together. We brought everybody together and they came up with this awesome product. And it's the coolest thing that we've ever had in mankind's history in terms of an invention. This is amazing. So that's why he's like really excited to promote it because he might just be like, yeah, look at what we made. How awesome is that? When in reality, I would say a lot of people are very apprehensive to trust the experts like Dr. Fauci. And we've learned the lessons from that, of course. Now, Candace is trying to provide some context there, but it really doesn't work out. I don't really think it was the strongest thing to say, but again, I'm not, you know, I'm not Candace. And so I don't know why she did this, maybe just to try and throw him a bone and help him out. But Needless to say, the Daily Beast, which is a website leaning more to the left, they then wrote an article based on Candace's Instagram Live that said Candace said Trump is so old, he doesn't know how to use technology, and then that's why he supports the vaccine. So you can see how this quickly spiraled out of control. So here is Candace just a handful of days ago explaining that situation and talking about her current thoughts. And again, I just find it interesting to really evaluate this. And because it caught my attention, I figured I'd share it with you guys. Trump actually got upset with me because, and here's the great irony, the richest irony, the Daily Beast ran a headline regarding that live Instagram that you just heard from me. And the headline was, Candace Owens says Trump is pro-vax because he's too old to understand the internet. I never once called Trump too old. I did never once say that Trump could not understand the internet. And yet somehow he got that information and believed it to be true. He thought that I said that he was too old and that he couldn't understand the internet and did not quite get the information that actually what I was saying was a defense of him so that his supporters would still believe in him. Not only was he just mad, by the way, he then, during a golf session with some mutual friends of ours, had a person next to him who was egging this on, saying to Trump, and I know this because, again, this is a mutual friend, aren't you mad at Candace? Aren't you mad at Candace? Aren't you mad at Candace? And eventually he was like, yeah, I'm so mad at Candace. I'm so mad at Candace. And this got back to me that he was upset with me, that he was angry at me. And the next time that I saw him, he was quite rude to me. He was actually rude to me. I'm telling you this personal story because I think it is something that made me for the first time question him as a person. So you have an individual that spent years defending you, right? And that individual gave you a completely kind and fair interview. You 
said something yourself that your base didn't like, and you somehow transformed that into something that I did wrong. Okay, I want to cut in here because one of the criticisms Candace is getting right now for saying that is the fact that they're like, really? You never questioned his character (laughs) until it affected you personally, until he came after you? And so that's for people who more so like just don't like Trump and they don't like a lot of the stuff that he's done. But uh, I I thought that that was interesting. And I'm just trying to provide you guys context because I I think, again, I just hope that you understand I am not wrapped up in this mess, but I feel like I just want to provide a healthy breakdown of what is actually going on on the internet right now so that you don't get wrapped up in it. But, But yeah, I mean, it makes a lot of sense. Like I think Trump has done a lot of really crazy stuff and I'm totally not in line with a lot of the things that he's said or done. But at the end of the day, I'd still vote for him over a lot of other people. And I really appreciate what he has done for the country. So the big criticism or one of the big criticisms Candace is now getting is the fact of like, really, you didn't care about any of the other stuff he's done until you were the one that got the ax turned on to you. And that could be the case with a lot of things. Like a, a lot of people And I'm not saying Candace did this, but in politics, you have the situation of people are kind of bad. And I, again, not Trump or Candace in this situation, but you have people that are bad, but they provide others with the things that help them get further in life. They provide them with more money, more power, more control, more influence. And so even though they're bad, they still get propped up by the people around them because the people around them are benefiting. And the people around them will watch the the bad leaders chop and chop and chop and attack all the people around them and they stay with them until they're the one who gets put on the chopping block. And that's really how a lot of human nature is, especially in politics. So it's partly why I just don't like it. Like I could tell you guys a million stories of just strange interactions that I've had, unfortunate interactions, but at the end of the day, like I just have decided I want my schedule and the people in my life and my community to be really positive and forward-thinking people that see the nastiness of politics, but understand, you know what, we've still got to be involved because we were blessed with this amazing republic. And so we're going to have our role in it, but we're not going to get caught up in that toxic behavior that you often see in the political industry. You know what I mean? There's a difference between being local and involved in your community and caring about the future of your country and then getting wrapped up separately in the toxicity of the political industry. Big difference. But let's get back to the video. That's unacceptable. That is that is not being a leader. That is not owning things that you did wrong. That is not owning that you misunderstood something about your base. That's not growing. That's not developing. In fact, he should have tried to understand why the base was so upset with him, which would have led into the fact that his base is not pro-COVID vaccine. It's that simple. I understood that. I could have told him that. But at that moment, I realized that he's not listening. Who is this guy next to him trying to egg him on to be angry at me for trying to defend him? Say that he's not a shill. To say, no, actually, I think that he genuinely does support the vaccines. He did genuinely support the vaccines. So all of this going on made me, again, question him if he was becoming too angry, which is to say that when Trump went into the election in 2016, he was having fun. Right. He was naming people, giving them fun names, enjoying the base, having a good time. I would even say in 2020, you could feel the energy. It was electric. I think after the 2020 election and because of the shock of all the things that happened and the answers that we never really feel that we got this like sinking realization that we might be actually losing our country. I think that it pushed him into an angry space where he doesn't trust anybody, where he doesn't listen to anybody. Okay, so I'll pause here for a second. I would agree. I mean, if you're if you're Donald Trump, there's some nasty people that have been around you, and I completely feel for him and empathize with him. 
for the fact that you don't know who you can trust. That's not just with somebody as high up as Donald Trump, but that's so many people these days. Loyalty and honesty and being trustworthy are really valuable, valuable characteristics of human beings that are very, you know, it's very rare these days to find that kind of stuff. And then especially in politics where people are really just so focused on serving themselves that you can often get truly backstabbed and it's over the dumbest stuff. And so for me, I personally just like to have a few close people in my life. And then we have a ton of friends and acquaintances that you see across the country. But it's a good reminder that human nature is often very negative, right? That's the whole principle of Christianity, that we're all sinners. We all struggle in this. And then really through grace, it's the only way that we are forgiven for this kind of nasty behavior. But yeah, it's not shocking to hear this kind of stuff. And then Donald Trump really got a huge amount of it. I mean, the people that he put into positions of power in our government ended up turning on him or ended up being a part of the deep state. You had entire institutions of our government against him and working against his administration. You had people throughout the country trying to sue him just to slow him and his family down as they were trying to help our country. So I would feel very very bitter and frustrated. And I have no idea what's going on in his head, but it does. I have so much empathy for him and for his family for having to go through all that, for sure. Where he's he's almost likely to believe that everybody's trying to turn their back on him and stab him in the back. And again, I don't believe that that's leadership, but I never spoke on that because I thought to myself, I, I think that that's a lot of ego that Trump is having right now. But Maybe I'm being egotistical. Maybe me even speaking out about this is me being offended and butthurt that he was so rude to me. He was so rude to me on the basis of what he said. But after time, I've realized that, no, these discussions that everybody is having, these conservative influencers are having behind Trump's back should be also had with the public as well. We have you have a right to know that you have a right to take that information and judge it as you will and to question whether or not. There has been a change in Trump. How could there not be? How could you suffer a defeat and know in your heart that a lot of things that happened regarding that defeat were wrong? Even if- Okay, got to cut in again. I uh, One thing that I really just dislike is how it's basically like the elites and the insiders of the movement and these faceless people that you have no idea, like, what do you even do? But they work at these institutions and these foundations that just get millions of dollars every year. They they pick the winners and the losers in the primaries for the most part. I really don't like how it's a situation where, like, yeah, they have the conversations, as Candace mentions, but then they choose whether or not to include the base in them or not. Just the concept of it really throws me off. But again, it's not something that we should be shocked by. This is human nature. This is how people operate. But it's a good reminder for you guys. So like, yeah, all the hosts, all the people that are involved in politics, all the big commentators, all the big owners of stuff, all the big consultants, all the big politicians, they they are all in their own little unit and they see us as as pretty controllable. And for me... I think the highest value in terms of dealing with people like this is having the strongest possible county Republican parties. You have to become a member of, of, of your county party, of your town party. Now, that being said, it's super annoying to tell this to people because 
I know how county or Republican parties work. For the most part, it's the worst of human nature, the worst of human politics. Oh my gosh, so much drama, so much entitlement and misbehavior. And so I feel bad being like, yeah, guys, go sign up. Like it's going to be the most patriotic and fun thing you ever did in your life. Like, no, I'm telling you right now to create a group of 20 people that will take over your town GOP, do it in every town in your county. I'm sure you could find quality people. And then literally... In the elections for leadership of your county GOP, I'm telling you to take them over. That is the solution. And then with that, you do it in every dang county of the state. You take over the state GOP, and then you we rebuild the Republican Party to what it really should be. It is nasty, nasty stuff, but I'm telling you right now, it's <laughs> if you want me to be like, yeah, here's a blueprint, it, it would be that. Um, because for the most part, it's a bunch of people right now in these uh, consulting offices and in these closed door meetings that feel like they can shape American politics. Now, that's where we get back into that that frustration where people are like, oh, my gosh, no, the establishment looks like they're going to choose Ron DeSantis for us. And it's almost like because the establishment has anything to do with it now, because we dislike them so much, it makes us feel like, well, maybe we shouldn't even trust Ron DeSantis if he uh, is getting the support of bad people that have led us down a bad path in the past and have gotten us no real results. I totally get why people are now apprehensive hearing even just those rumors. But I would say that it's because over time, especially in like places like Texas, I mean, oh my gosh, Myra Flores and the people down, uh, where is it, Hidalgo, I think I'm pronouncing that right, County GOP, where there's um, McAllen, Texas, like the border towns and stuff, they've really all flipped their county Republican parties to being grassroots strong people like us that care about the future of this country and are not interested in playing politics as usual anymore. So it's very successful, but it kind of eliminates the ability for people at the top to pick and choose their winners because we are strong at the base and we are working to grow and replace them over time. That That's really the solution there. But again, just hearing the way that they talk about that of like, well, yeah, we've all known that Trump's kind of a jerk and stuff, but we just have private conversations and we'll decide if we want to make that public one day or not. I get it that you're putting your head out on the chopping block. And I'm not talking about this being specifically my frustration about conversations around Trump. I'm just saying they do this all the time with politics, with topics. And I don't like how it's almost like a class system for what we are included in and not included in. And that's probably why there is so much disconnect in our movement. You don't believe that what happened in Maricopa County during the election was fishy. I do personally believe that. You at least believe that the Hunter Biden laptop suppression led to different results in the election. Of course it did. Many people said that if they had known that that laptop was real, they would have voted differently. So he has every right to be angry. But if you stay at a place of anger, right, you are ignoring everything that is going on around you. You're no longer looking and assessing things in the way that you should be assessing them because you're holding on to this almost vengeful spirit, right? That is the question that I have with Trump. Is he going to get over the trauma of the election of 2020 and begin to paint a vision for 2024? What is his vision for 2024? Is it I'm back? Because that's not a vision to me. It needs to be more than I'm back, right? And I think that what's happening behind closed doors, people believing that they're not sure who he's listening to. Maybe there's a paranoia potentially that's setting, setting in that he believes that his friends, now me, oh my God, how could you say I was too old? I read the headline on the Daily Beast. That's what she said. I didn't say that, right? If you thought I said that, you should have been a decent human being. You should have picked up the phone and you should have called me, right? Because that's what I would have done. 
I would have reached out to you to clarify things. That's what it means to be a person. That what's that's what it means to be a friend. That's what it means to be a colleague, not even a friend. What it means to be a colleague is to actually have relationships with people, to honor the relationships that you have with people that don't take place in the public sphere. We didn't do any of those things. And I think that the MAGA movement is reflecting Trump. I think there is a trepidation that I'm sensing in Trump. And I think that that trepidation is evidenced by him taking a random swing at DeSantis last week. I don't think it was helpful, even though DeSantis won Florida handily. He's not running against DeSantis right now, right? DeSantis is running for governor. I know Trump voted for him and all of that's great. Why take a random swing, right? I think the base is feeling that trepidation. They're not sure who to listen to on endorsements. Do you listen to DeSantis? Do you listen to Trump? Or do we listen to these influencers? Are these influencers listening to DeSantis? Are these influencers listening to Trump? They're wondering about what the leadership looks like. And I think that I am not at all under any impression that Trump can't win in 2024. No. What I am saying is that Trump needs to take a good look in the mirror and he needs to take a good look in the room, and he needs to read the room accurately. He needs to take a look at those that are around him that are inspiring this paranoia and making him believe that everyone's out to get him, including his friends. And he needs to exercise a tiny bit more humility when he gets something wrong. Trump is not perfect. I'm not perfect. I get things wrong. I edit. I say, thank you guys for bringing me this new information. I hadn't realized that. And there's still a period where he could transform But I think the results of last night's election, which are still coming in, show that we aren't sure. That he's not sure, and therefore we aren't sure. And that's all I have to say about that. So, you guys, I mean, that is an interesting evaluation. I mean, that's Candace Owens. She's one of the most prominent voices in the conservative movement. And those are pretty harsh words against President Trump. So I wanted you guys to see that. I have no thoughts on it beyond just evaluating, you know, the context of it all. And I'm looking at the clock now. We're going almost to the end of the episode. So I just want to give you kind of my closing thoughts on it as of now. Okay, things are going to change. That's how politics works. And especially as we're entering the general election time, I would say so far, here's what I will acknowledge. I think, number one, I'm not participating in taking a side or playing this game of posting uh, Trump versus DeSantis things online. Number two, this is a multifaceted topic that takes really serious conversation, not memes or cheap news talking points or short tweets and social posts that are highly aggressive and achieve nothing. Number three, the nastiness that we see sprouting so quickly online right now is really unattractive to the people who are truly concerned every single day for themselves, for their families and their future children and the future of the Republic. It is a slap in the face to a lot of the people, and the consultants who are playing these games need to know that. And I guess last one is this is a good reminder that there is an entire political industry, just like every other money-making industry in the country. People make a lot of money, they get a lot of fame, they get a lot of power by participating in this. So just keep that in mind. There's a big difference between them and the Americans who are dedicated to doing their part to save the Republic. As long as we understand that, then I think we'll all stay a little bit more sane, right, when we see all those crazy social posts. Now, I'm also looking at the time, and I'm going, oh boy, I wanted to talk about a few other things. So right off the bat, let's just get them done, and maybe we'll talk about it more on Friday. The Arizona results, I don't believe them. 
I'll just, I, I don't believe them. I hope they challenge them. And that's all I'm going to say right now because they came out yesterday. They're saying Carrie Lake lost. Ab- absolutely not. Okay. No, I'll say that flat out. I don't care. Next, here's Ilhan Omar's reaction to this because this is apparently how American Congress people talk in 2022. Ilhan Omar, a young woman on the left, she said Katie Hobbs wins Arizona's governor race. Carrie Lake can thank the voters she was rude to for her defeat. Classic F around and find out beatdown. That's again how uh, women on the left apparently talk, especially uh, leftist Congress people in America. It's disgusting. But ladies, if you're listening, please just keep in mind that's not how you should ever communicate. And men too. Please don't communicate like that either. Next, Abbott declared an invasion at the southern border, which gives them the power to do a lot more at the border, like do things like deploy the National Guard and build a border wall around Texas. So I'm really interested in that. It just kind of came out. So we'll talk about that Friday. And I found some interesting videos that we'll talk about on Friday as well. I'll save those for next time. But basically, somebody spoke out about how there's a big difference when you go to a doctor and you say, hi, I'm struggling. I'm trying to detransition. I was a girl that tried to take steroids to become a man. And then it's a big difference between that and, hi, I'm a, I'm a girl that abused steroids for something like powerlifting or whatever. The doctor will be very concerned about you if you say the last one and say that I'm like a power lifter that abused steroids and I took these certain pills. Will you please help me? The doctor completely will be like, oh my gosh, you have these concerns now. You have these uh, health issues. Let us help you with XYZ. This is very serious. But if you say that you're a detransitioner and that you have been put on these hormone blockers and all this crazy stuff, all these nasty chemicals, guess what? The doctors have no idea what to say to you anymore. That, my friends, is a nasty, nasty thing. We'll talk about that all later on. I hope you guys have a great rest of the week. I'll talk to you on Friday. If you haven't yet, hit subscribe. Thank you. Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.